Hello and welcome to the, I don't know what the number is now. What's the number? 44. 44. 44th edition of the Carrier's Edge podcast. My name is Jane Jazrawi. I'm the co-founder of Carrier's Edge and with me as always. Mark Morrell, other co-founder of Carrier's Edge. And that's how you do an intro. You forget the number of the episode? You didn't tell me the number of the episode before it <laughs> Just started. Just before we started, she says, oh, I got to show you how to do an intro. I did an and intro. Then, I did a good I'm, intro. Uh, welcome to the, uh, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. Yes, here we are. In the are. middle of the coronavirus, COVID-19 outbreak. Yes, in the middle of the zombie apocalypse, it would appear. Yes, well, it is pretty bad. I feel like we should be areas. Uh, surrounding ourselves in walls of toilet paper, since that seems to be the most important commodity in the world now. Well, I have to, um, I, so on Friday night when we were going to get groceries, because we don't have any groceries, because we were terrible about getting groceries, so we went to go and get a few things and we thought, oh, you know what? We will wait until nine o'clock at <laughs> night and go then. And at nine o'clock, the, it was about the same busyness as like an afternoon, like a normal, afternoon. a normal afternoon. It was a little crazy and people were definitely onto the toilet paper and bottled water, the single use bottled water. Yeah. Now in a minute, we'll talk about that. But I have to say that even though people are ridiculing pe- others for buying all the toilet paper ever, it is what people tell you to do in the list of things to do to prepare prepare for the outbreak. You should wash your hands um, and uh, get your prescriptions and stock up on essentials. So people were stocking up on essentials, but they were... Going a little bit over and beyond. The only essentials are toilet paper, single-use plastic water bottles, and dry pasta. Well, dry pasta, I can see. However, people were buying insane amounts of stuff. It was insane. Yeah. You don't need that much stuff to get you through a couple of weeks. It, you just don't need it. You don't need... 50 bottles of Tylenol. <laughs> that one really stuck with you. Ah, Somebody was, was like, stocking up on a lifetime supply of Tylenol. But that wasn't it. That wasn't the only thing they were stocking up on. It was a family of four. So why you're taking your your entire family out to go grocery shopping because there's an outbreak. <laughs> so let's take everyone out. That you're clearly worried about. Yeah. Like to, to my children, you know, the people who are younger than 12, that's a good place to go where everybody's touching everything and buy every single bottle of Tylenol that you can find along with all kinds of crazy small things. I don't know what they were thinking, but that is not two weeks. That's like, you're not going into hibernation for two years and the supply chain hasn't stopped. I mean, it may slow down and there may be shortages later, but it didn't have to be now. Yeah. There's not going to be that many shortages. I don't think the biggest Uh, shortages that I hear people talking about as, as potentials is just a lack of people to do the unloading and stocking the shelves if a lot of people get sick. But we're nowhere close to that yet. There's no. not there's not a shortage of product. There's think, not a shortage of people to put it on the shelves. I think because we've had it before, people are forecasting and they're doing a bit of 
panic mongering because everybody is trying to be responsible and warn everybody else that, you know, oh, we're doing this, but it kind of incites a little bit of panic. Yeah. So well, we're it was, trying not to panic. and It was a bit chaotic last week, though. It was a bit of a, Cha- a chaos week with <laughs> well, events hang being on. canceled. Well, hang on. Before we get to that, let's talk about the single-use water bottles. Oh, which, best if I don't. Oh, that was insane. If you need to buy bottled water, why you need to buy bottled water? Because water isn't going out. Like, it's not we're going to have a shortage of water. Our taps still work. But why do you need single-use bottled water is beyond me. And cases and cases of it, like people were buying so many cases. See, now you've opened a can of worms. I think those stupid things should be outlawed. Single-use plastic, well, there's talk of it, and there are some places where single-use plastics are being banned. But bottled water in general, I almost would love to see that banned. And the single-use plastics with the small half liter uh, volumes of water. Oh, I just hate that. I know. It's not like you can't fill a metal water bottle. And, and actually, you know, you can get some large plastic ones or use one of those big, huge dispensers and you can refill them. It's not, I don't know. It's very, very odd the way that people respond. But anyway, we don't. We don't usually have what bottled water. This is in the why house. it's best if we don't go out very much. Best and if we see, just stay and see other people. Stay in our offices. The rest of and society. Work, yeah. Keep our heads down and do not try and interact with the other parts of society because we just get infuriated by them. Yeah, we have our own different things of getting infuriated about the. Uh, but the last week was crazy because we had to cancel, or we had to figure out whether or not things were going to be canceled. In terms of all of the crazy, I mean, trucking has pretty much all their events in March, April, and May. Yeah, it's a very busy time for events. And some of them were very proactive to say, we're going to cancel this. Yeah, or and postpone it. We're going to move it to it, this. Move it to a different right. date. And unfortunately, the first one that was coming up, the Mid-America show, was not proactive. They waited pretty much to the last minute. They waited till like Thursday afternoon before canceling the thing. But we had already decided at that point that we weren't going to send people and we had uh, canceled our booth order because in, once the NBA and all the sports teams canceled their seasons, you can't be sending people into a convention hall with 50,000 others. That's yeah. just crazy. So there's no way I was going to ask our people to go down to that. They but, probably would have, but I would not have felt good about it at all. Yeah. I, and for sure, somebody would have come out of there testing positive. Well, it's 50,000 people yeah. coming from all of different parts of the U.S. And yeah. the U.S.'s cases are increasing now. And so they finally canceled it Thursday, which actually alleviated, uh, alleviated a lot of stress because then everybody is in the same boat. Everything is canceled. Right. You know, we're not the one exhibitor who doesn't show up. So that's better. And then like Thursday and Friday, pretty much all of the other events uh, from March and April um, well, there wasn't much else in March, but everything in April got moved or canceled. So it is going to be a quiet couple of months now that all of that is done. So uh, it's so we been, have some time to yeah, it's been weird prep for things now. But w- what I kind of find funny is there's all of these stories about what you should be doing for your employees, and you know people are talking about closing the lunchroom at, at their offices and 
telling people to try and work from home and then like immediately following that with stories of how do you deal with loneliness when working from home? <laughs> and we're just laughing at this because I keep looking at it thinking, okay, what should we be doing differently? Yeah, like everybody's changing something. So I feel like we should be changing things as yeah. well. But everything that we do is already the stuff they're recommending. Yeah. You know, it's like our company has been prepping for this for the last 15 years. Yeah, because we're all remote and we don't see each other. Well, we have postponed our meeting. We're, we yes. were going to have a an in-person staff meeting at the beginning of April and that's gone. We're, yeah, we're going to move that to the end uh, and yeah, now with the schools that. being closed, uh, we really couldn't go ahead with it. So we've pushed that back a month into May. Right now, things in May seem like they're still going. And May and June are, are still going, but have we'll have to, to see. see what happens with that. Because they closed the schools in Ontario for two weeks after the school vacation. Not just happened. here. A lot of places have done it. Yeah, I know. Ohio. I saw something on the news that said Ohio mm-hmm. was thinking they may lose their entire school year, which... I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? It depends on how well uh, people manage the, how people behave during this next few days, I think. You know, are people going to stay at home and, and kind of calm down and practice all the things that you're supposed to practice? You know, are they going to travel to the U.S. anyway? Are they going to come back or anybody go on a cruise ship? Who knows? <laughs> It really depends on human behavior, but I I was reading something this morning about how all of the disaster movies, like the outbreak mm. and you know uh, all of those, you know, virus has you know is spreading through the world and is and is deadly. Um, people are behaving much better than that. Mm. There isn't you know there isn't the panic. Well, people are buying a lot of toilet paper and maybe buying a bit too much and hoarding it, but they're not screaming through the grocery stores, just, you know, ripping things off the shelves yet. Well, see what happens next week. I'm just hoping we can find some bread at some point. (laughs) Don't say that out loud. (laughs) You're cursing it. We couldn't find it. All the bread is gone. Yeah. So it's been a bit nutty, but it's for us. Not bready. Nutty. <laughs> Nutty. Yes. Yeah. For us, uh, it's kind of business as usual outside of the marketing and events on all the product people. Yeah. Are still doing the same as they always do. The only thing, yeah, everybody else was doing their normal work. The only thing that was different last week with Mark and I was that we were trying to figure out, figure out the shows and figure out like all of our public appearances and getting together and all of that stuff. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? You know, what, how how to change flights, cancel for like what to do, blah, blah, blah. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of back and forth Mm -hmm. going on, which is a big, I think, I think maybe Wednesday night or Thursday, I was exhausted just from that. I didn't really. Yeah. Wednesday and Thursday were exhausted. It was not, um, it's even when you're not really doing anything, you're just trying to figure out what your, what the, your approach is going to be that is exhaust. So I can imagine all of these, all of our customers and other trucking companies, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of, a lot of chaos happening and there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's kind of a strange thing. Like, you know, is it, you know, is washing your hands the only thing that you can do is it good, it's got to be something else. And, and, you know, what do we do when you have long waits at shippers and now the hours of service, 
rules in the U.S. have been uh, lifted, so... Changed. Yeah, I'm not sure how they... Did you read that? Yeah, they have clarification on the specific criteria. Yeah, so you have to, uh, depending on what you're doing. Yeah, you can remove daily limits and things. But yeah, and you threw together very quickly a preventing illness course, which we already had, but it was preventing illness and injury, and you stripped out the illness part on its own and put that out uh, a week or so ago just to remind people of what they should be doing to prevent the spread. Yeah, so if you want to... Send that out to your drivers. It's like, what, seven pages or something? Yeah, eight pages are not along. And it is, a lot of it is, wash your hands. Yeah. Well, no, it talks about how virus spreads and and how germs spread and things like that. So it's very useful that way. But uh, yeah. It's not specific to coronavirus because viruses are viruses. They spread pretty much the same way. Mostly. It's usually through hands. It's mm-hmm. usually through hands or like close contact. So, you know, standing in front of something, somebody who's sneezing or you sneezing into the atmosphere, probably not your best. Okay, let's stop talking move. about that because it's going to make me sneeze. Don't sneeze. Whatever you do, don't sneeze. Mm-hmm. Don't think of an elephant. So, well, let's talk about something a little more positive. Okay. And the event that, uh, was lucky enough to run very early in March this year and didn't get canceled that we just came back from a little yeah. over a week ago, the we TCA convention. That. Yeah, the TCA convention, Man, which they we got just lucky. squeaked in. Oh, I was grumbling God. about how it was so early uh, this year. I mean, it's been this early before, but it's a little bit of a squeeze for us to get everything ready. And it ended up being really lucky for them that they ran it. Uh, I think it was the first to third of March because even when we were coming back, they were starting to talk about it and uh, the, the virus was spreading and the following week, it, things were just canceling. So yeah, if they had run it the normal time, yeah. starting it on like the 10th or 11th, they would have had to pull the plug on it. So Well, I think they probably could have... They wouldn't yeah, have been able 10th. to hold a, a, an event with a thousand people. You know, on the 10th or 11th, there would have been questions. Had they there, had a few people that pulled out a few exhibitors that canceled last minute because of the virus? Well, if it depends on where they were coming from. If they were coming from a place where there was a lot of cases already, like Washington or... Yeah, or Seattle or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's... Yeah, we were pretty lucky. We had a relatively normal uh, convention, except for the hand sanitizers appearing at the end. Yeah, the convention itself was actually quite excellent. Uh I would say one of the best, if not the best mm-hmm. ones we've been to. And I said this to the staff as well, best organized, uh, most relaxed I've ever seen the staff there. And I know they had done a ton of scrambling to deal with some less than favorable circumstances coming into it, but it really went off nicely. They yeah. did a fantastic job. The event was good. There was a lot of people there. Uh, the live stream of your Best Fleets Award presentation went very well. It's on the Facebook page. It's on the Facebook page. So we had our top 20 up there. Mm-hmm. They were all very happy. Yep. Uh, and we can say now, Boyle and Nussbaum. Yeah. Boyle Transport was the overall winner in the small fleet category, and Nussbaum was the overall winner in the large fleet category. And immediately people started asking me, how is that possible when they were the overall winner in the small fleet last year? Did they grow so much that they popped into a new category? No. And I said, no, they're the same size. 
<laughs> no, and it's just sort of annoying because at the beginning when we first started doing this and we we basically chop them in half and have mm-hmm. one award for smaller fleets and one award for larger fleets, but it's all, um, it's all, it, you know, it depends on the sizes of the companies that are in it. It's not, yeah. there's not, you know, an over a hundred or, or under a hundred. It's, you know, the median. Yeah. It's basically, and well, you can't best overall median, best over the median. <laughs> size over above average yeah it's like what are you gonna call it well i'm happy with the way we do it now this is the third way we have tried breaking up the overall awards when Mm -hmm. we first started it the first year it was under 100 power units and over 100 power units and that arbitrary number didn't really make sense and then we switched to best overall for owner operators and best overall for company drivers and that became a problem after about four years or so, four or five years of doing it, it ended up that we have a fairly small group, a smaller group of dedicated owner operator fleets in the program. And it was looking like it was just going to be the same ones over and over. Mm -hmm. And then we'd have like uh, six or eight owner operator fleets vying for that top award and 12 or 14 uh, fleets vying for the company driver award. And that just wasn't fair. fair. So splitting it this way, everybody in the top 20 has got a one in 10 chance. You know, you get chopped into 10 smaller or 10 larger and you got a one in 10 shot. Well, I suppose uh, you could look at it that way. You've got a one in 10 shot, but either way, there's the same number of fleets vying for the overall award for each overall award. So I'm much happier with that. They're very happy. And I have to say also very happy with the pins that we did this year. We did lapel pins saying 2020 best fleets to drive for. And they turned out really nicely. They did. And uh, so we handed those out, did very bad math about how we were going to distribute them. Oh my God. Well, I, I remember I was saying when you said bad math, I was thinking the positioning of the, because we have a really weird, we kind of have this problem with the logo is that we have the registered trademark on the end of it. And we don't want to not have that. That's part of the logo. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, is it if you center something with that registered trademark, it kind of puts things off because the eye, your eye doesn't look at it properly. It doesn't consider that a center or it doesn't, con- it doesn't add that on as a center, but it can't be centered on just the best fleets without the registered trademark. So I spent some time trying to communicate where the center was when we were designing it. Cause it's not, yeah, I've forgotten about that, but yeah, cause that was my the final. Well, cause everybody, product. everybody said, Oh you no, know, it's fine. And I'm like, no, it's not fine. No, it's it not was, in the right the place. The original one was bothering me. And then when I asked him to move it a particular way, he didn't quite get it. And, uh, and then you finally just designed I just drew it. it. Yeah. It's like here, do it like this. And that but worked. the actual math that we're talking about is the fact that we ordered a hundred and, and did the very simple math of saying, okay, there's 20, 20 fleets, we'll give five to each one. Except we kept on taking them. <laughs> yes. So we were taking them away from, well, Newsbomb only got one. Oh. I know. <laughs> the overall winner only I gets know, one pin. I know, I know. Yeah, so we took one or two for ourselves. We gave some to the sponsors. And then I think there was maybe some people that grabbed more than five. Uh, but yeah, they were not 
distributed evenly. No. So next Lesson year, learned. next Lesson year we learned. will, yeah. Everybody will get a uh, designated number and we will also run extras for the sponsors and for ourselves and for TCA staff. Yeah. So we could probably do like 150. We'll see. But Or instead of everybody getting five, everybody gets four. Simple enough. Or, yeah, I'm sure we'll figure it out. It's not that big a deal, except I think that might be the first time that I've done anything like that. Yeah. I don't think I have any experience at all in ordering things like that. I don't, I'm not a... So once again, Mark and I are taken way out of our comfort zone on doing, which is what Best Fleets tends to do for us. Yeah, but it was a good experiment mm-hmm. and it turned out well. Uh, the fleets were very happy with them. Yep. So that went well. The award presentation went off very smoothly. Thank and you. And we recognized all of the people that we wanted to recognize. The pictures afterwards were good. Everybody was happy with that. We once again had a backdrop that I hated. So next year. Yeah, I know what I'm going to do next year. We have the solution but, for next uh, year. We got a bigger backdrop this year and discovered Still that there is a limit to how big these backdrops should really be. And uh, because we got this one that was really wide, it ended up drooping in the middle. So we still ended up with sagging bits. Again, not any idea how you're supposed to do this. This is why we're hiring a marketing person. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and Harpreet can, she can deal with all of that. Now now we've figured out what not to do and we know how we want to solve the problem in the future. Well, you know, when you, when you step out of your comfort zone, you have to solve some problems and then you... You're going to step in something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's, a, there's like a, all around our comfort zone is a big pile of stuff. <laughs> it's a steaming pile. <laughs> it's a steaming pile yes. that we inevitably step in and then try to look graceful afterwards, <laughs> even though on the inside, because we had this, the biggest thing in that whole award presentation and I was freaking out about it, is that during the rehearsal, which was only about half an hour, maybe it was like two hours beforehand, and all the top 20 are there. Cause half hour. Is it? Well, yeah. no, before I actually did it. So it was a couple of hours. Like I didn't do the actual presentation for oh, two okay. hours. So yeah. it, was probably, it was an hour. So, so they all have to come in. And what we found out was the production company had put the names of the winners on in the teleprompter. And that's, you know, if it was only me who could see it, that would be one thing. But when we were rehearsing, everybody could see it. They had it on certain screens in the room that you could see if you were looking at it. And I saw it and freaked out. No one else seemed to have, no one else saw it. Or so I have found out later, but I thought everybody had seen it because I saw it. And um, so I was having a bit of a hissy fit in internally because then I had to go and graciously explain to everybody how they were going to be going on stage and mm-hmm. what to do and Pretend smile like and like nothing's happening. Everything's good here. And, but inside I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Except the more, uh, irate version of that with more curse words. Yes. There was a lot of F bombs in my head, but, um, so I never actually finished rehearsing properly. And, um, but in, in my head, during the actual award presentation, I am also, it, it was um, Trek Wright's first time. And so I'm trying to remember, did I give them the right instructions? And then Dirk came out a little bit early. 
And so I was sort of freaking out of my head about that. And at the same time, trying to read the prompter and at the same time, trying to stand up straight and at the same time, trying to sound like I was all happy. But in my head, I'm like, you know, you know, is the overall winner name going to come up on the thing? And Yeah, that they- was really a, a wrench that was thrown in. The, the production people, for some reason, insist on having all of this stuff in there. And it's like it's their conference and they're in charge of everything because they've demanded, apparently, to have all of this from TCA. And I can understand why they want to have the winner's logos in a slide so that when the person is up there giving their speech, they've got a slide with their logo up there. I don't think it's necessary. And I think the risks outweigh the benefit, Mm -hmm. especially because we walked into that ballroom to check it out a day before the award presentation. And there was the production people running through all of these slides with all these winner logos up. So the doors weren't locked. Anybody could walk into that ballroom and see that. So it's really sloppy. Uh, But we went, discovered that, had them remove the logos from the slides So we thought it was all good until you go in for the rehearsal and there's the winner names and the prompters. And if it was just the prompters that are the paddles beside the podium, that's fine because you can only see those when you're standing at the podium. Right. That's fine. Those two glass things on either side. But they've got a backup prompter halfway out in the audience by where their main camera station is. And it's a huge TV running this thing. So anybody in front of that which is really the front half of the audience, can easily turn and look at it and see all of the text on the prompter. And if the winner names are in the prompter, they can see the winner names before the speaker gets to them. So it's a really terrible idea. They need to turn those things off and just let us run with it. It's not like we're going to forget who the winner names are. Or do something like have it in an envelope. I don't know. It They... There are other ways to do it, but they, yeah, they were, uh, well, I don't the really understand, but it, it was, uh, I'm glad it went as our part of know, it went very well, yeah. but the next day at the banquet, when they were unveiling the grand prize winners in their safety contest, they had the I names looked up. back at the prompter and I saw the names of the winners yeah, well before, uh, well before they were announced and, and the, the art- on stage sees it too. And the argument is that, oh, no, we won't show it until you actually say it. But that's not true. And you yeah. can't control that. Yeah, You've got like some person in the back who has no idea who you are and is just scrolling. Yeah. And they're not thinking about it. They don't care. No. So, yeah. And all the winners, because it's very really deflating to see who the winner is and then have to smile and pretend that you don't know. Well, especially when it's. Yeah, it's a good five seconds or something, yeah. which feels like forever when you're up on stage. Yeah. So. It yeah. is. It's it's a rough, it's it's way harder than it looks. Yeah. It, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on. And once again, I will say that at any time, someone else can tell the top 20 what to do when they go on stage. <laughs> I noticed that everybody did not. Even though I was sort of explaining it to everybody, nobody stepped up. It was like, oh, where's Jane? Oh, Jane will do it. And it was like, oh, God, okay, I have to do this, too. I thought TCA staff were doing that this year. <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't think so. They were waiting for you to tell them? I think everybody was waiting for me. It is so. kind of funny that we've essentially taken over like the 15 minutes of that general session, which is a big event in their main program. It's right before they bring on their big speaker of the of the show so it's like full house and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, but they've basically just relinquished all of that to us. 
and like they defer to you on who goes on where and the order we write the script for it now and it's like i don't think that was intentional there have been uh, staff changes at tca and sort of new people that have come in that aren't as familiar with how it works so they just kind of defer to you because you've been doing it many times and oh no i'm the old lady <laughs> of the best fleets awards but i don't i i can see why they do it because it goes off fine every year yeah we I know have what 50 I'm, things that we hate about it but, but we also do a lot of planning beforehand yeah. i mean we were we have been planning this thing with marley for what three months two months certainly when did we start that uh, in january is when we yeah, so we started it getting ready for the announcement yeah yeah we have a lot of things a lot of moving parts there to figure out yeah and it does go pretty smoothly. We have 50 things that we hate every time, but the audience doesn't see those things. Oh, no. They're only things that we see because we know what we're looking for. So, yeah, I can see them being happy enough with the way it goes. And, yeah. I mean, if they had any concerns, they would be not, they would oh, not sure. be letting yeah. us do it. And we do a debrief afterwards and, and we go through the things that we're all happy with and unhappy with and what needs to be improved and all of that. And so it's all good. Next and year, just you as can important, take them through what they need to do. Hey, I got other things to do at that point. I'm handing out the books and prepping the backdrop and all of that stuff. So yeah. And next year, damn it, I'm doing that backdrop properly. It's going to cost <laughs> us a small fortune, but it's going to be a slick backdrop. <laughs> that we'll keep in the care of uh, Freeman. Yeah. And they can bring it out and store it and yeah. do it Why all. Why are we like trying it? to do Freeman's job? I don't know. Just let them do it. I know. So the other highlight of the event for us the is boats? the reception. The yes, boats. which was on the boat this yeah. year. And uh, like the boat. I have to point out that there's a ton of pictures posted now I on saw, TCA's yes. Flickr page. They've got 400 pictures from the convention and another 20 or so that are specifically from the Best Fleets Award presentation. Most of those aren't very good because they're in front of my backdrop with wrinkles. Uh, so and in the those. dark too. So Go to the main pictures and you'll see the... Uh, the reception on the boat, which was quite awesome. I yes. was very happy with how that yes. went. That was a really nice... For the people that were there. Uh, there's always people who don't get invited or think they can't come or whatever. So the attendance was a little bit low. I noticed that all the media people were there, though. The media people have figured out that there's a reception with free drinks available. Yeah. We've been inviting the media for years and only one or two of them come. But this year, they all attended. Huh. Yeah. Maybe they wanted to warm up for the reception for the... <laughs> it was closer. It was the reception to the it was reception. a shorter walk from yeah. one reception to another. Yeah. I'm... Well, I... We have to solve the invitation problem yeah. because it's all all best fleets. Like all top 20s, whatever year you were there, you can be part of it. Even if you're not... And if you were a person who has moved companies but was working with us when mm -hmm. you were a top 20... You're probably you, going to be invited to. Yeah. Yeah, so we try to open it up to a lot of people. And uh, next year, I know the venue that we're going to be in is a larger one, so we'll have space. And uh, Where we'll, are we going to be next year? Nashville? Yeah, the Nashville Gaylord. But they've got a wedding pavilion that's like an island in the middle of their giant atrium that okay, we so used we last should, time. We should make sure. Oh, yeah. that one. Oh, I yeah, that was that. nice. Yeah, so we should make sure that uh, Kristen gets that. Secures yeah. that wedding pavilion. Yeah. So. Uh, you want to renew our vows? <laughs> <laughs> Us standing at there cursing at each other. 
Five minutes. I will not kill you. It's not set up as a a wedding pavilion. It's just what they can configure for that. They have other parties and things there. So that'll be nice. But part of the reason I think the media were there was because of the multi part series we were doing with Truck News, having them embedded in the process. Oh. And this was kind of the last part of it was James uh, came early Monday morning for the rehearsal and watching how it all gets organized and the procession and the craziness backstage and taking notes on that. And then after the award presentation, the final bit is that reception where we can all unwind. So He said that the, uh, the final part of that series is going to be on Monday and yeah. it will have two sidebars. Yes. Fanciness. I told him that I love sidebars. I think yeah. sidebars are usually better than the, <laughs> the actual article. If the article just writes sidebars. I often will go to the sidebar first before I read an article. I think that's the idea. Yeah. Oh, the really? summary. Uh, so this podcast probably will come out after that gets posted. So if you are listening so, to this, then yeah, go to go. Truck News and search Best Fleets. And shortly after that, it will be probably posted in heavy duty trucking as well because they've been running all of the parts of it. So yeah. yeah, it worked out very well. Five part series on the whole program and everything that goes into it. So uh, it's uh, I'm looking forward to of seeing what the final piece looks like. Cool. And uh, just one piece kind of wrapping up on the Best Fleet stuff and the convention, we have got to start mentioning the fact that next year, and I'm going to try and be pleasant about this, the convention is two months early. It is in January instead of March, which means that the Best Fleet's program, everything needs to be starting much earlier. So we're going to be opening nominations in the summer, and running them through, I don't even know. I think we're we're going to have to finish. I was doing some quick math today. I think we're going to have to have the interviews finished by Halloween. Interviews finished by Halloween. Yeah. I think our nomination, uh, the nomination should basically be a month maybe. Uh, I've worked it backwards and we can open it up, I'm thinking July 6th, which is the Monday after the July 4th long weekend. And keep those up until not quite, well, about two months until uh, uh, 9-11, which is a Friday. Oh, don't use 9-11. Well, I'm looking for significant dates that stick with people. Okay. Because if it's just, we're going to have the nominations open until Wednesday at 3.30 central time, nobody's going to remember it. People's going to, they're going to miss out on it. So you put it, tie it to something and we'll have to mark it about, you know, try and do something that isn't too cheesy around that, but it's a date that people are going to stick with. Interviews done by Halloween, that's a date that people are going to stick with. And then I think... We'll have the, the top 20 by the, U.S. Uh, Thanksgiving. Well, the No, we won't. Because the driver surveys uh, stick uh, for a few weeks after that, and that will take them, I think, until like the Friday before Thanksgiving week. So like the 20th of November, which gives us like two weeks of scheduling... Uh, to schedule in all the scoring, and then we're going to have to send the details. I was working back from when the convention is, and we've got to have the data to TCA six weeks earlier, so we're going to have to give them the data like December 6th or something like that. Mm. And then I think we'll announce it. January 2 we'll announce our top 20. So Christmas is going to be worse. No. And it usually is. Christmas for us it could be easier because all the scoring will be done. Yeah, we still have to do the books and all the stuff that we do. Uh, well, books I can do in January. 
then somebody else can do it. We're going to have different people doing <gasps> this right. stuff. That's right. We're yeah. going to have staff this, this is, time. This is my objective for the next edition of Best Fleets is to do almost nothing myself. Mm. Almost none of the interviews. If I could do no interviews, that would be awesome. Almost none of the scoring. Yeah. We well, did. We'll we, had, we were a good start at it this year. Yeah, we had a and, lot of good help this year, and I think that. And went if well. we have the same amount of additional help, there won't be that much for me to do. I'll be showing other people how to do it, and that's it. You know what's interesting is that the results. Um, so we had the um, our the people who helped us this year, our staff, um, were interviewing people. We basically gave them the top twenty. Yeah, and or previous years winners. Yeah, repeat people because they tend to be easier to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. It's it's much harder to do an interview with someone who doesn't know, who hasn't done it before. Is first time doing the questionnaire. It's kind of weird and and it's sometimes difficult and there's a lot of questions and sometimes you have to really try and pull information out of them. So your interviewing skills have to be kind of right on and you have to know something about the. So the people who, uh, you know, Courtney and, and um, Chrissy were doing it, they've been working with us for a while, but they don't have the knowledge that we do about these fleets and what they're going through and what kinds of things to ask or what kinds of things to do follow-up questions on. So, um, so we gave them the top 20. And who know the deal? Who know how to answer the questions? And they've done, done it forever. And what was nice to see is that they're... Uh, it came basically came out the same way. It was what we expected. Not that we have the same 20, uh, top 20 all the time or anything like that, but that it the scoring, I think we have a really objective scoring system so that if you get that information and then the way that we score things, it didn't really make that much of, I, I don't think it was I different. think what you're trying to say is that the results didn't change dramatically because... Different two other people, people were involved yeah. in doing it. Yeah, different people involved in the process still work. The process still works the same way. Yes. And the outcome Man, ends up. that was a very, very poor explanation of that. Yeah. Well, you're kind of saying you gave them the top 20 to interview like you knew who the top 20 were going to be. And the top um, 20 from last year. Uh, yeah, but they had more than that. They each had about 15 to interview. So they had people, it was not so much they had top 20, they had ones that had been in the program for a while and knew the drill. Mm. They hadn't necessarily been on the top 20 the previous year, but I know, uh, I think it was Courtney interviewed Fremont contract carriers and they weren't on last year's top 20, but they've been in the thing almost since the beginning, almost every year. Yeah. So they know the drill. And same thing with like Challenger and Herb and people like that, that may or may not have been on this year's top 20 or last year's, but They've been in the program long enough. They know the drill. They And they almost don't need an interview. Uh, but I we always get s- stuff out of the interviews. Yes, but they, they could probably get away with not doing it at all, except for the... Yeah, I've thought about that because there's times where I go into an interview and I have almost no questions because they've done such a nice job on it. But the thing that I always concern myself with on that is what are they going to think if they, for some reason, don't make the top 20? Yeah, they didn't get their chance. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we've got to give them all the interview. Mm -hmm. We've got to give them all the same process, the same. Oh, yeah. I would never, I would never stop. I think the process works. And the fact that we stick to that process quite religiously every single time, it's never, we don't, 
change it. I mean, we change the questions, but Mm -hmm. you still have to get nominated. You still have to answer all the questions. You still have to have the interview and you still have to do the driver surveys. And afterwards, we still look at the answers that are coming in Mm -hmm. and decide which ones are going to score, which ones we're going to be scoring based on what we found. Now, and with that, we kind of have a good sense of it as we're going through the interviews. It's like, yeah, these ones really weren't giving us much, so we're probably not going to score them. And sometimes we're not sure. Uh, There's ones we definitely know we'll score, ones we definitely know we won't, and some that we're not sure. So we figure it out as we go through it. We figure out the scoring process, and it works pretty well. So this year, we asked about natural disasters. (laughs) Yes. How timely. What do you think next year's answers are going to be? That's going to be a little crazy. Because there was like two of them that mentioned having a pandemic plan. Yeah. And they were Canadian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we had a similar pandemic with SARS. Although America's had Ebola, yeah, had MERS, so, H1N1. Yeah, interesting that but those, they, never those ones moved were up much here. more contained and they didn't impact the supply chain quite the same way. Yeah, this yeah. one is yeah. wreaking havoc. So, next year's Best Fleets is going to be an adventure because I have a lot of concern that people are going to miss deadlines, uh, that people are going to miss out because they miss a message or something yeah and i'm really concerned about how it's going to end up what that top 20 is going to look like uh although bizarrely the fact that we are heading into an economic downturn as a result of the pandemic will kind of soften that blow a little bit because we're probably going to have lower participation anyway through the pandemic so whether or not we move the dates probably we'll have lower numbers probably yeah so we might have a top 17. <laughs> go back to the top 17 <laughs> that I vowed I would never go back to after that <laughs> happened. The second year of the program, no, 2010, there's... there was only a top 17 because we had a grand total of 39 nominees. So why did, was it 17 people who got through it? There was only 17 that we could justify. There was an, there's Especially back then. There was ones that were like pretty good in some places, but really not up to that level. Mm, so it was it was more of a hitting a threshold. Well, we would have had to compromise it. You know, if we look at it now, the top 20, we look at it every year and it's like, yep, they earn their place. Mm-hmm. And there may be one or two that just don't make it that we put into a fleet to watch uh, for some reason. Um, you know, there's something that's missing there. But the ones below that, it's like, yep. They haven't earned their way onto it. Yeah. You know, and if we had to do a top 40, then there'd be ones on there that were like, ah, they're not really making it. And that's what would have happened. If I had to do a top 20 in that dark year, there would have been three people on there that it was like, yeah, I don't really feel that great about them. Not that they weren't good companies and trying hard and all of that stuff. They just weren't quite in the league with the others. Mm. Those 17 fabulous ones. <laughs> Several of whom aren't around anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, God. Well, well that, was, that was 10 years ago. So. More than that, yeah. That was the 2010 yeah. list. So Yeah. So that is the joy of well, uh, planning be, for next year. We we'll have see. to, we have to uh, put ordering pins for 2021 on, yep. the, on the list of things to do as well. Yes. And ordering the right number of pins. Yep. The things that are plaguing us, <laughs> no pun intended. Our own plagues. Our own self-induced plagues. So we mentioned off the top that uh, outside of 
planning and event changes. It's kind of business as usual uh, for our staff. So what are we working on? I know you have, well, you just finished uh, CTPAT updates mm-hmm. and completely restructured that. I did. So now there used to be one big course that had three that you could do in three smaller parts, which was uh, security awareness and then um, security inspections. And then the last time, the last one was border crossing. But with the new CTPAT um, requirements, you have now you have the whole thing with agricultural inspections. And when I looked at it, it was, was way too big. So now inspections is its own court. Like all three of those things are their own courses. And the inspections part actually has three So CTPAT inspections is big enough now that it doesn't fit just as a single lesson in another course. Oh, God, no. It's really its own multi-lesson course. Yes. And that is because those... It's not that it's all that different, but with the addition of the agricultural inspections, you have to explain what those are, why they need them. Um, I and added, that's the stuff that was coming up with the uh, spotted lantern fly and right. some of these things where you've got to, it's not about hauling agricultural materials. It's checking that you're not dealing. You don't have any uh, have hitchhikers. Any, yeah, unwelcome visitors, uh, bugs or plants or whatever that are moving from one place to another. Yeah, and I guess, well... Now, it, with the virus, you can sort of see it the same way. You don't mm-hmm. want to be spreading. You don't want to be having the virus and then coming, crossing the border and then just spreading it to whatever receiver or shipper you're going yeah, to. which at a human level, that's sort of what's happening with all the airport screenings. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, and, and it was a long course. Mm. So breaking it up into topics is is probably better. So there's... One on just doing the uh, trailer and container inspections. There's one that's just on doing the seal inspections. And there's one that's sort of a general why should you do this and what it's about and what an agricultural inspection is and why you have to be concerned about uh, wood pellets and things like that. So it's uh, it's a better course. And also it's in our new template. So I'm so Mm. excited about that. Excellent. Um, The last part that is part of CTPAT is cybersecurity, which is one of the minimum requirements in CTPAT. But um, that's a bigger course as well. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, that should be coming out in the next two or three yeah, weeks. Yeah, we talked about that one before because it became a, a large uh, large course on yeah, its you own. Yeah, think, you think, oh, you know, it's about changing your password. No, 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 yeah. no. Cause well, and... I didn't realize that it was part of the CTPAT requirements. So that's interesting. It makes a lot of sense because it's a security breach or security gap that yeah. could be a problem. But Well, if you know, if you can break into a system and find out where things are going or, mm. you know, or numbers for things. Or what the freight is. Yeah. And you, you can you figure out where to rip it off. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, so. That makes sense. Well, and that's something to be extra careful about now as the whole cybercrime and cargo theft, all of that, because with people being distracted for the pandemic, I think there's a lot more risk of people clicking things that they shouldn't be clicking, trying to get information about uh, virus updates and stuff like that. And I'm already starting to see articles about stuff being stolen 
yeah, um, cargo so crime. Yeah, so I know. want to do a generic one. I'm going to try and get a generic one out in the next week. Just about security awareness in general. That's not to do with CTPAT. Mm-hmm. Um, just it's the same stuff. I mean, security is security. So has we have a hazmat security course, which is very similar to CTPAT, but it's about it's focusing on what you have to be careful of with particularly hazmat. But there shouldn't be one that's just domestic. I'm taking diapers from one place to the other. Or surgical masks, because mm-hmm. apparently those that was being ripped off. I think a lot of people, as um, everybody starts working from home and as things get disrupted and people can't find the things that they want to find, we're going to start to see a little bit higher rate of both cybercrime and uh, cargo crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very Just interesting. People have nothing else to do with their time. <laughs> So good. So uh, lots of other courses as well. I know you've got a drug and alcohol overhaul that's happening. Yes. And uh, you're transporting heavy equipment. Which, uh, yes, the... Which are getting close to being completed My career in, you know, doing this 15-page course, it really is just um, getting sidetracked by different things. So I want to get that one out. uh, Well, the next next time we do one of these, we should have... I think that we said that the last time. Ooh. I know. I know we said that about weights and dimensions and we actually did it. Yes. You got it weights done. and so dimensions. Saying get it done. publicly on the podcast <laughs> commits you to doing it. As well, I tell you, I I think I'm gonna get a lot of work done because we don't have to do No travel. No travel. No I no I was gonna meeting. be speaking in April. There's there no are. staff meeting which I consider speaking. It's the same thing. Yep. Um I don't have to leave my house. Actually, I, I'm encouraged Except to, to go not and leave hoard my house. Paper. Well, yeah. But that's just sort of every have, day at 7 a.m. show up before the doors open. <laughs> we have toilet paper. Deplete so. their stocks of bottled water and toilet paper and dry pasta. You went Nothing out. Nothing else. You, and went, then leave. <laughs> you went out and bought a whole whack of toilet paper like, I don't know, it was Monday. No, Last we, just, Monday. we just went and did our normal groceries. No, you went out and bought it because we'd run out. Oh, and okay. you and you went and bought it like either Friday before last or Monday. Okay. Like we had just bought it. Oh, <laughs> and well, went, I know we got we the last we last package yeah. of uh, toilet paper before the hoarding started. Well, start selling it now. No, oh no, we have bottled water. Even yes. though that you were going on and on about bottled water, we have like almost an entire case. Mm, yeah, but it's little tiny bottles, and we bought those to give out at Truck World two years ago. Yeah. And we didn't give out all of them, so we've kept them. Well, I guess we can give them out at Truck World this year. Yeah, I guess they don't go bad. I don't know. Well, our customers will find out when they open them if it goes bad. Mark. We'll give those to the customers we're not so happy with. We'll see. (laughs) If you get a spoiled bottle of water, you know how valuable you are to us. Mark. That is not true. We would not do that intentionally. No, we would would not do do that. that. No. I don't think water spoils, though. No, I don't think it does, and it's sealed. That's the whole reason you get those yeah. pieces of stuff. Yeah. Okay, we're digressing we are. wildly here. Mm-hmm. So we I should probably we should be pull the plug yeah. on this. All right. So stay safe, everybody. Yes, wash, wash your hands. hands. <laughs> and get ready care. to take a cybersecurity course when it comes out before the next podcast. Okay. Have a good day. Bye.